Uh, hello, St. Clair community. Um, we wanted to be able to offer you a reflection, um, dare we say, of our our entire COVID experience, but at least coming off of this week of prayer that our staff spent uh, together last week, um, we've been praying constantly uh, through this as a staff team. And because of that, we actually felt like we needed more time and more space to be able to seek God in a time like this. And so we used last week as a way of um, being offline to sort of clear out some space um, to be able to have more time uh, than we would in a normal week to be able to pray and listen. And as best as we're able to seek God and discern the ways that he would be leading us in such uh, a unique season. We used Isaiah 55 as a text, as a passage to kind of guide us and walk us through a week of praying and thinking about the work of God in our midst. And so we wanted to be able to share between myself, Matt and Amy, our full-time staff, just some of our reflections coming out of the week of prayer. And what we realized in this was uh, the week of prayer helped articulate uh, and um, crystallize in some ways the ongoing conversations and thoughts that have been with us since day one of COVID. So this is a bit of a sort of check-in with our larger community. And it is on behalf of Amy, or sorry, of Will, Jen, and Andrew, who are our part-time staff. Um, Megan uh, Little, as well, who is continuing to intern with us. Uh, and Hannah Stewart, who has been interning. They've been a part of this ongoing journey of prayer and discernment together along with our leadership team. So uh, we're trying to give voice to a bunch of people uh, who are helping to serve our community during a time like this. Um, and so thinking about Isaiah 55, we wouldn't have the time right now to go through that whole passage together, but we would encourage you, our community, to spend time with those words. Uh, they proved to be very meaningful for us. They were sort of the right words at the right time. And in, in many ways felt like uh, they were words of God's voice um, for our community. And so we're going to use uh, some of the scripture out of Isaiah 55 to help be a guideline for this kind of conversation that we're um, having right now. Um, verse 6 in Isaiah 55 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. And so we, we've just taken that as our response. It seemed right um, that in a time with so much unknown that we, uh, we lean into praying more and to seeking God. Um, something that's been helpful for us in our own reflection is learning that transitions are often a time of that are about voice recognition that we as a sheep are learning over and over again to hear the voice of the shepherd and a transition like this and with so much change this actually felt like a really important time to use prayer as a way of learning voice recognition you know for our own lives and for our community um, there's really no hope at all of being an expert right now and trying to strategize well and kind of have all the, you know, the perfect plan laid out on what comes next because we know no one really actually knows. Um, and so we're trying to learn and educate ourselves as well as we can uh, while maintaining 
um, a real nearness to try to listen to what Jesus would be saying to us through this time. And, and in many ways, that, that kind of is our ongoing responsibility as staff within our community. We're, we're not hired in a sense to be paid to, to run programs or to manage people. That's, that's not our interest, um, nor is it what the leadership team would have entrusted to us. But we, we're here to serve our community, to be able to lead and care and, and pray for you. And so a week of prayer together just helped us to lean in to try to do that well together. Um, we're going to guide this conversation uh, with Isaiah 55. And we want to highlight for us how we're thinking about things right now on a personal, individual level, what uh, life in our community looks like at a missional family level, and then what where do things look like now and going forward for our community at large? So I'm not alone here. Uh, I think Amy's going to pop up on the screen and she'll kind of walk us through um, some of that individual uh, reflection for us. Hi, St. Clair. I realize I have to talk so that I pop up. Um, yeah, I think, as Dave said, the week was super rich and... Um, albeit somewhat frustrating in the realities of being home and trying to find a lot of space to pray. And so I think I just want to start off on an individual level. Like we are all individuals and we are all in different spaces and places and that God knows that. And in fact, he's placed you there. Um, and so even when it doesn't feel like it's the best place for your spiritual development, maybe um, it is. <laughs> um, the first verse in Isaiah 55 is come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come and buy and eat. And there's just this um, invitation uh, to all of us um, and it's that I think is super significant in a time where we're kind of decentralized as the church. Um, and you kind of have to find uh, new rhythms and new ways. And uh, there's this invitation that comes without any merit. Like you don't have to earn it. You don't even have to pay for it. It says come and buy without money or without cost. Um, and then, and then it's not an invitation to like just enough. It's an invitation to like the life abundant um, that Jesus talks about. And I think COVID is like a huge example of the life abundant being not like the good life. It's the full spectrum of life. And I think everyone can agree that in this season we've. Uh, experience the full spectrum of emotions, um, the full spectrum of grieving things or people that are lost. Um, and so, but to know that that is actually, uh, that there's an invitation to draw near in all of uh, that full spectrum of life. Um, and then, so, but how do we do that? In verse three, it says, listen, uh, listen that you may live. And 
I think for myself personally, this is something that God has been speaking to me through the, through the whole of COVID, through the whole of, you know, the past few years as I've uh, walked on my spiritual journey. Um, and we just need to be led moment by moment by the spirit. And that requires, as Dave said, uh, just this honed in uh, voice recognition. Um, and to be able to listen to the voice of the father, when there's so much information, there's opinions, there's, you know, thousands of churches trying to help you with your formation being online. Like there's so much out there. Um, the thing that is the most important or that's going to help you like really practically, uh, to learn voice recognition is to understand the character um, of the father. And the way that I have done that is going through the stories of God in the Bible and seeing who he is and what he has done for his people, who he has been to his people. And the Psalms, like every Psalm has descriptions of who God is. And if the voices that you're hearing whether that's from the outside or even internally match up with the character of God, then you can know that you're on the right track. Um, that obviously leads us into uh, it's, this is not an individual life. And so Matt is going to talk about how that looks in Mishfam and going outward from us. I think Dave's going to do that. Oh, sorry. Okay, it's not a slick machine. But actually, I was gonna just say one thing on the back of that, Ames. I think that was really good. I think the invitation is Isaiah is saying, "If you are thirsty and if you are hungry, I'm here." And I think often we look around and we disqualify ourselves because we look at other people. And I think it's a season of God saying, "I am looking for who is hungry and most wants this." And I think there's a sense Dave shared the Chesterton quote with us recently as a staff like a saint is the one who um prioritizes the one thing who wills the one thing and i think in this season it's god just saying i am here and available i long for your country who just wants to come to me and so i think that's the invitation for all of us and yeah i think that is individual and i think that applies to us as a community as well and how do we encourage and support one another in that i know that we're in a season of trying to listen to God, particularly in our Mish fam. And how do we do that as it's been a strength of our community? So, um, Dave, I said, do you see that clever segue? Do you want to, um, yeah, why don't you talk to us a bit about what this means? Because I think missional family and those smaller communities, whether it's prayer groups or others, are kind of an important part of our community moving forward. Yeah, we, maybe this is obvious, but it's probably worth saying, uh, we can't do this alone. <laughs> uh, we, we never could. Um, but uh, the irony of, of part of the irony of this COVID reality is that we uh, are in many ways mandated to separate out and, and to be alone or to be isolated. Yet we, we can't um, live and thrive being in a lonely place. And so yeah, the importance of these smaller groups, the smaller communities for us have, have just been essential. Um, and if you've been 
a part of St. Clair for any length of time, you know that we beat the drum of family and mission, that we are learning to be a family on mission together. And even this Isaiah 55 passage uh, just had the helpful language again around that. In verse three, you know, guys declaring, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my people. Um, and that language is important for us. The, the idea of family and mission is this covenant relationship, family and mission being this kingdom responsibility. And we actually think those things run true for the people of God at every point in history. And so here we are at a point in our own you know, uh, experience that is like no other. And we're pretty convinced that family and mission run as true as it ever did, and maybe even more so the circumstances teaching us in new ways how to be a family on mission together. And so we have really have relied on um, our missional families continuing to meet online as a very meaningful way of staying in relationship and um, being intentional about supporting and encouraging encouraging each other as a way of blessing our neighbors and coworkers and being a support for friends and family. Uh, and we actually, we just want to thank our missional family leaders who have shouldered this and you know, who have just continually offered themselves in sort of the service of our community. They didn't expect this, uh, you know, any more than any of us. Um, and yet they have, very graciously taken this in stride to be able to create the ways that we can continue to meet together. And we just think, oh, I, there is something to teach us right here in the right now in the crucible and the pressure that we face um, that will help us learn all over again what it is to be a family on mission together. And, and those aren't the only ways that we are able to sort of have touch points with each other right now. Uh, prayer groups continue on for us and huddles. And there are other ways that uh, have continued to be meaningful connect connections within our community. And um, I've heard the church described as being at its best. It is, it is a creative minority that it is this people who are finding that another way is possible. Um, and we're going to continue to sort of journey into that to say, how do we keep learning how to do missional family well? Um, we wouldn't intend that they kind of get shelved or get paused or just sort of wait for the more ideal time. Um, and that being said, we don't actually know when the ideal time will come that we could share a meal around a table together, that we can embrace each other's kids, that we can uh, be present on neighbors' porches and all the things that have just become rhythms of life for our missional families. Those things are still tensions and still realities that we long for that are kind of unresolved. Um, and so maybe Matt and Amy will sort of chime in here as well on um, kind of what we hope for or anticipate looking forward with missional families, though um, there are very few things that we would actually know at this stage. I think because of the nature of what we're being told in terms of how we can meet in groups, I just think smaller and local will be the next way for us, just in terms of how they're going to be, even in the future, moving towards being able to see each other, it's going to be much smaller groups. And so we're trying to think through as a staff team, how do we um, even maybe even multiply out some of missional families into smaller groups for a season, because that's what we're going to do. But this sense of being smaller and more local will be, I think, the immediate 
response and pressing into how do we do that well and really continue to be this idea of family that really cares and loves one another, whatever needs may come, whether that's practical or the needs that we have. And then how do we actually care for the needs? We'll talk about this in a moment of the uh, maybe our neighbours and people around us who will desperately need that. So I think, yeah, this next season feels like it'll be a lot smaller. And I also think we were talking about this as staff. There's probably in this idea of hunger and thirst that Ames was talking about, there's probably a sense of for some of us, there's a calling that we're feeling a hunger and a thirst and also that's a response to step in to some new things in this season. You know, we're going to have to probably have a lot more smaller communities just because of the nature of our, the size of our community trying to meet together. So there may be something that God's even impressing upon you to say, I think I need, yeah, maybe God's calling me to step in to a new role of leadership. And that might take courage. That might be terrifying. But just to encourage people that it is a season, the good spiritual language is for the priesthood of all believers, that the body of christ is being mobilized and now we all get a part to play not just the clergy or the professionals but each one of us and so i think that's one of the things we sense yeah i uh i was reading something this past week um and the term mutual mission was something that i read and um it's this idea that you know we're supporting each other as each of us are on a mission. Um, and I think, well, that's always been true in this season, we can't do mission, you know, in a typical, let's all get together and go serve, even though that's not what we've said is like an expectation for missional family. Um, but I think, yeah, just out of necessity, there's uh, a way for each of us to be on mission. And so, and how do we come together and, and support each other in that? Um, maybe that's on our individual streets or our coworkers. And um, yeah, just this sense of like building a network of reaching out to people. Yeah, yes. Uh, so in many ways, all this to say, missional families remains core and central for us. And we're just very thankful that um, uh, people have found creative ways to take it in stride um, and have not disbanded, you know, their, their, their ways of connecting together. We long for the day that we can be together in our homes, um, but we don't know when that day will come. And so we don't want to create a false expectation or hope of, oh, maybe next week we'll be, the, you know, where it all just goes back to normal like we always have known. Um, if that's our hope, I, I think we're going to be disappointed and discouraged. Um, there, there just has to be a very patient approach to how we continue to do missional family well. Um, but we're, we're taking it one step at a time. As much as we'd love to leap to our ideal and go back to normal, um, we're, we're just not, we can't promise that or offer that on behalf of the community. And we are very committed uh, as a leadership to resourcing and helping uh, missional families as best as we're able. Um, and that's to give leaders what they need and to be able to um, pour into that as much as possible. And we're very thankful for Will Albert and how he, uh, a lot of the work that he does is behind the scenes and how he cares for missional family leaders. Um, and uh, he's just done such a wonderful job with that. And so it, yes, this continues to be very important for us. Um, 
Matt, do you, do you want to highlight for us some of the kind of broader community things that um, we're processing right now? Yeah, I think in uh, we've talked through the personal, we've talked through uh, the missional family, and we also want to look at just what does this mean for our larger community of Sinclair? Um, in the Isaiah passage, verse 8 to 9, it says, uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I think that's just a really good reminder of trying to listen to what God is saying, because actually we live in a time, um, we live in a time of deep uncertainty, and we actually. Um, we just don't know all the answers. I mean, we're very aware of that. And so there's this definite sense of who's got the right voice, who do we listen to, um, what's the right thing, uh, yeah, to be doing and saying in this time. And so that particularly pertains to our Sunday gatherings. You know, we've been meeting online on Sundays and we'll continue to do that. And a lot of the questions as the some of the regulations are start to be loosened are what happens on a Sunday? How do we go back to meeting in person? And one of the things we feel really strongly about as we listen to God, we also want to listen to wisdom of what's being told to us. And we just want to listen to the public health guidelines that we're being given and and respond with wisdom to that. So until we hear otherwise, we're not going to be able to be meeting on Sunday. That's a huge grief because we loved our Sunday gatherings. Like, um, yeah, they were deeply important to us, um, how we did Sundays and what uh, we did on our Sundays, our formation on a Sunday, we deeply loved and seeing one of them being in a place together. And so we grieve that, but we just want to have wisdom in terms of how we respond to that. And so, as we said, that's why for this next season, we'll be pressing into missional family. We'll continue to do Sunday um, online, but until we hear otherwise, we just want to um, listen to what I think public health is saying to us. So that, as far as we know, that could be a while until we meet back in person. And so, that's hard for us to say, I think, because even as a staff, that's something we miss. But um, we're trying to make plans and figure out what it will look like to not be able to meet, at least in person, uh, on a Sunday for a while. I think it also is a call to uh, us to respond um, to the wider community still in general. I think, like we said, one of the things that's always been central to St. Clair is how do we care for the most vulnerable? And uh, a ver- as a reflection a friend gave to me early on when he was praying for St. Clair was, if you take care of the least of these, I'll take care of the church. And so that still rings true. So as some of the most vulnerable in our city have been the most affected by COVID, how do we respond to that? And we've been connecting with local community groups in order to do that and supporting them. We'll continue to do that. But how do we, as a church, be generous in supporting particularly those who are most vulnerable? I was thinking... The church has always been the front lines in crisis, like historically, whether that's the early church or the church throughout history. And coming out of COVID, there's going to be practical needs, spiritual needs and um, emotional needs. And I think one thing we're trying to ask as a staff is how do we respond to those and how do we be the church in a time of crisis like that? So, um, yeah, I think that's what it looks like for our wider community. It's how do we respond to the need and then how do we just take wisdom um, we will keep people posted. We want to do well at communicating. So as much as we know, we'll keep passing that on to you. But um, yeah, for the foreseeable future, it looks like smaller gathering and online on a Sunday.
Yeah, and it just in relation to our Sunday, um, we're just really thankful for the work that Jen Bud has done. Uh, a lot of it behind the scenes to help get off the ground. You know, a team of people to be able to get us online. You know, and live stream. We have, you know that St. Clair uh, has never kind of waved its hat at being. Uh, having a huge online presence. And so it was a very quick transition to be able to do that uh, and knowing that that would serve our community well. And um, I mean, we feel it in terms of the web weariness and that was part of our sort of incentive to have deliberate time of prayer that was a step back from the noise of being uh, online. Um, and so we, we can appreciate that uh, with our Sunday gathering right now being an online thing that 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 actually probably proves difficult and tiring for some of us when much of life may have moved online. Um, but it continues to be sort of the best option that we've got um, for the foreseeable future. So um, we just encourage everyone to sort of um, continue to, to check in with that as they're able. Um, and we also are just hugely thankful for Andrew who, uh, uh, is a video genius <laughs> who knew uh, in being able to bless and serve our families. Um, uh, if you have not kept up with the content that Andrew has been offering every week for uh, our kids and their families and the way he's pulled together uh, all sorts of people that help serve with our kids, uh, it's just been wonderful. We're deeply thankful for um, what Andrew's been able to offer during this time and, and um, how we are able to help families through this just uh, feels like a non-negotiable for us. It, it really matters. It's, if we're talking about what it is to be a family and a covenant relationship, uh, then it means something for how we live out practically and just figure out a lot of the challenges um, in life like this. And um, so we... We recognize there's been a lot of challenges for families um, and we just want to offer maybe some encouragement through this that um, we think of you and we pray for you. Um, we don't want to um, underestimate the difficulty of a time like this um, and we're committed to offering whatever we can to help along the way. Can I just say one more thing, Dave? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, let, we can kind of spell this out. It's just a final thought. Um, I think the wisdom of uh, Ames and Dave just talking about even our online stuff is I think hard. it's hard to say, but we could be in this for the long haul. Even saying that feels like, oh, but, but how do we just be, how do we live a life that's sustainable in the way of Jesus and know that well? Because um, there's often frenetic activity that we would be involved in. So there'll be seasons, I think, of busyness because we just care and we want to respond. And there'll be seasons of being invited back into places of rest um and i think just this might be a bit of a challenge for us but like just how do we deeply love and care for one another well um i think often we what i really want to encourage you and say is the staff are not going to mandate that we're just going to ask you to just deeply love and care for each other even if it's i don't know this person really well but i just want to just send them an encouragement or phone them or i just want to bless them in some way i think how it always bothers me in a good way where jesus says in the gospels oh the world will see we're disciples by how we love each other like how we deeply care for one another will be the message to others to see what the gospel and the good news is so this is almost like a, a permission giving encouragement to just step out and love well each other because 
that's what we're always called to do. And um, yeah, and I think the good thing is I'm seeing it all over the place. Like I see st- and hear stories of people just going over and beyond to love and care for one another. So there's been moments that I've just felt deeply uh, proud of our community in the midst of this and very thankful for you. Um, we said every time it's just a privilege to lead this church and a real honor. And so thank you for being you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Amy, any, anything else that we just want to make sure we highlight uh, in, in this conversation? I think um, there's probably, even as Matt has talked and said, oh, that's hard to say, um, there's probably stuff that you're hearing in this that's like, oh, gulp, or oh, yes, I like, I've been feeling that. And you, like your missional families, please talk about it and process it in there. Um, and feel free to contact us. <laughs> like we we're happy to, to chat through, um, some of this stuff. And even though we're still just really figuring it out ourselves, um, yeah, I think, I think one thing I would just say is there's no handbook for this. Um, you know, like literally no one in the world has ever gone through this. And so if you feel like you're struggling, yeah, that's okay. Um, and, and that's a part of loving each other well is, is to, you know, be a bit vulnerable in those struggles and, and work them out together. Um, so yeah, we're here for you and we love you. Yes. And we, um, we're deeply thankful for you, St. Clair. Um, uh, we, I probably most often characterize us as just saying, oh, such a gracious community. And, and I think we feel that and are thankful for that uh, in the roles that, that we have. Um, and maybe it's worth just saying that we, um, we're not going to pretend like we know it all. And I, you, you probably didn't get that appearance that, you know, that we do know it all. Um, but we've been very intentional about being in constant conversation with each other, constant conversation as a staff team with our leadership. Um, and our leadership just has some, done some great work to be able to find ways that we can bless those who are in most need in a time like this. We've also been in conversation with a lot of other churches in Hamilton to be able to learn and sort of understand how they're adapting uh, to life in this COVID reality. And we've been in conversation with other churches and other regions of the world. And we're just actually very thankful for some of those relationships that we've been able to pull on on a time like this to be able to um, educate ourselves as best as we can on what's best for us right now. Um, And really the thing that we feel pressing that we kind of keep coming back to is the need to listen in that, you know, Isaiah 55 sense. And the title of that passage um if if you're able to look at the actual scripture uh is that it's an invitation to the thirsty um and and maybe just to say in in a way that we've already been saying um a time like this where the force of circumstance creates all these unexpected pressures on our life um we can really feel the ache and the pain of things being not as they should be or things not being the way that we thought they should be. Uh, And that we think actually is an invitation, even in the midst of hardship, 
to let that that pain and that discomfort sort of bring to the surface a thirst and a need for God that may not have been there otherwise. Um, and so our encouragement to our whole community is that this would actually be a time where we learn what it is to thirst for God's presence in our life, that we would know both his power and his tenderness in having his nearness, his peace with us. I mean, that's that's what we need most uh, is, is his comfort and his peace with us more than we need a circumstance to kind of be figured out. Um, so St. Clair, uh, we love you and we are thankful for you as we have already said. Um, as Amy said, please do follow up with us as it is helpful for you. So uh, go in peace. Everyone else can say goodbye right now so you're seen one last time. Bye. Bye, St. Clair. <laughs>